It's time to get happy. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Togenet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen, your host. I'm here to speak with you today as I do each and every week about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. The achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. You know, each and every week we bring on very unique guests in the world of human potential, motivation, inspiration, and basically doing good in the world, those who are living their passions and living out loud. And in keeping with that spirit, I would like to welcome today's guest, who is Michelle Rosenthal. Michelle inspires trauma survivors to overcome depression, anxiety, and fear so they may build their lives full of freedom, meaning, purpose and joy. She is a survivor herself. Michelle shares her story as a keynote speaker, post-trauma coach, award-winning blogger, poet, author, radio show host, and founder of HealMyPTSD.com. Michelle's trauma recovery memoir, Before the World Intruded, Conquering the Past and Creating the Future was released in April 2012. For more information on Michelle, and we'll, we'll get to this information again later in the show too, is www.yourlifeaftertrauma.com. And today's show is a military focus, which I did fail to mention when we uh, started the show. And um, once a month, we devote one week where we uh, talk about what's going on in the world of combat trauma recovery, post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, military sexual assault, military sexual trauma, and services available out in the world that help our service men and women repair and rebuild their lives after trauma and service. Good morning, Michelle. Thanks for joining us Harvesting Happy Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, Lisa, and thank you so much for having me. This is an important mission that you're on, and I'm just so delighted to be able to participate in it. Well, I'm, you know, it's an important mission for us all because um, I think one of the issues that we are combating now is 
inspiring our nation or inspiring our nation to care about these men and women who have so brilliantly and valiantly served our country and what we can do as civilians serving this population to raise awareness for their cause and the necessity to help them heal as it relates to serving our communities. That, that's so true. I was just talking to the wife of a wounded veteran not even an hour ago, and one of the things that she mentioned to me is how important it is for the veterans and their caregivers to tell their stories, even though it's at a time when people may be sick of hearing those stories. Yeah. And I think that speaks to what you're saying, is how important it is for us as civilians to continue to support the military and the veteran experience. It's still fresh for them, and it's fresh for us as a nation, even if the concept of the war is not as fresh as it once was. So true. And the, you know, the, here's something to really consider, and I love to talk about this with you. We've talked about it before, is how really the byproduct of war, the invisible wounds of war are apolitical. You know, regardless of mm -hmm. whether one supported the war or didn't support the war or whatever party we ascribe ourselves to be part of, helping these men and women heal because it is in service to their recovery, but also as a nation at large. That's very true, and the, the important thing is to raise awareness and education over the idea that you can heal, because for the longest time, as a PTSD survivor myself, for the longest time, I didn't think it was possible for me to get better. I just accepted I was crazy, and I thought, well, there are people in the world that are crazy. I'm one of them, and, and the, the veterans that I talk to and that I work with and that I hear from all, you know, we all have that similar moment of thinking, well, this is just the way my life is going to be, until we start finding out that's not the case. That doesn't have to be our truth, and we can move forward. And, and so you're right. Learning about what our healing options are is critical in being able to, you know, I like to say we can conquer the past and create the future, and it begins with the knowledge to do so. Well, you know, this several points to mind. You know, first of all, your own story and healing of from trauma. I want to talk about that, and then I also want to talk about um, statistically why it is important that these men and women seek help. That the high rates of suicide and homicide and abuse and addiction will exceed and are exceeding every day those of the men and women who are killed in action while deployed in recent conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan. But first I want to ha have you share your story because it, it is compelling and relatable. Well, thanks, Lisa, for saying that because, you know, the funny thing is when I first started blogging about PTSD, and this is, you know, five years ago probably, I really didn't think anyone would understand me. My trauma itself was so rare. I survived a very bizarre allergic reaction to a medication that none of my doctors had ever seen before. Essentially, it turned me into a, a full-body burn patient, and I lost 100% of my skin. And then I ended up with PTSD, and this is back in 1981, so I went 24 years before I was diagnosed, and then another couple of years of what I call my healing rampage, when I just decided I'm not living like this a moment longer, there's got to be something else. And when I first started blogging about my PTSD experience and recovery, I, I really was just doing it for myself. I needed some way to sort of organize my thoughts. 
And since I've been a writer since I was seven, that was just my first idea. And the, the amazing thing is that the first people to respond to my blog were veterans writing to me saying, how do you know exactly how I feel? Or you just put into words what I've struggled to try to explain to people. And that was the beginning of my understanding that we are all individual in our traumas, but we are completely universal in our PTSD experience. Because after the veterans, then child abuse, sexual assault, domestic violence, natural disasters, it seems like all of those areas responded to what I was saying. And it wasn't because I was unique. It was just I was saying things that people weren't putting out there. And what I love about what you and I are doing, even in this moment, is building a community of understanding and information so that whether you have PTSD from military sexual trauma or combat, we all can come together in one place and say, okay, let's heal. And what are we going to do about it? And that's, you know, that's a, a very exciting thing to be able to do. Indeed it is. And in terms of the work that you are doing, um, let's talk a little bit about the coaching that you offer and how you are getting your word and your, your touch um, out into the world to help men and women heal. Well, it's fun because that actually was not anything I ever planned to do. When I, I was 24 years of PTSD craziness, then my diagnosis, and then I had to figure out what am I going to do about this. And it literally took me 10 different modalities and, of course, more than one practitioner to get me to a place where I am 100% PTSD free. That means zero symptoms. I've been in triggering situations I'm fine, and it's been years, so I feel pretty solid in my recovery. And after I achieved that, I thought, you know, I've learned so much. What am I going to do with all this information, and how can I make my journey meaningful? And I decided the, the best way to do that would be to give back. And so what I decided to do was get trained so that I could help other people make the recovery that I had made. And I got trained in three different certifications that pulled together the things that had helped me the most. So, and, and let's just say that most of what we're talking about today, information on all of this is on the HealMyPTSD.com website. So I'm about to mention a couple of different modalities that I've seen really be successful in treatment. We won't have time to discuss exactly what they are, but they're all listed under the treatment tab on HealMyPTSD.com. So I think everybody by now, many people at least, are very familiar with the idea of energy processing like tapping, emotional freedom technique, and thought field therapy, and they have great effects, and they were very beneficial to me in my recovery. But what I found by the time my recovery was completed was it was I had to go way outside the traditional box to actually make the progress that I wanted to make, and that's where I decided to get trained. So I ended up using a lot of neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis in my recovery, and so I came out of my recovery and thought, well, those were the two things that helped me the most. I'm getting trained in them. Plus, I got certified as a coach because our minds are divided in two ways, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, as you know, Lisa, and I felt that it was really important to be trained in ways that I could work in both sides of the mind, so we pulled together 100% of the mind in the recovery process. I felt that one of the problems with the beginning of my recovery is we weren't doing that. 
and and I was actually getting worse. And when I switched to sort of incorporating a, a dual mind approach, I made more progress. And so in all the coaching that I do, depending on what people are comfortable with, I have, you know, at my disposal three different types of technique that allows me to sit down with a client or a survivor and say, okay, here are our options. What feels best to you? Let's start there. Because I think we make the most progress in recovery when we're working in a way that we're comfortable with a person that we're comfortable. Because no matter what you do, the work of recovery itself is challenging, difficult, and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I like to at least start from a place of, I feel comfortable with this person, I feel comfortable with this process, and then let's see where we go from there. We are going to slip into a break, and before we do, I would like to give our listeners your contact information as well as some more information about us. To learn more about Michelle Rosenthal and the things that she is doing uh, with combat trauma recovery and healing from trauma in general, you can go to www.yourlife.com aftertrauma.com and uh, on Twitter she is Life After Trauma and on Facebook she is Heal My PTSD. She is giving away her free ebook, 52 Ways to Transform Your Life After Trauma to all who request it. Please uh, send an email to us at, to info at harvestinghappiness.com and on Facebook uh, at Harvesting Happiness you can also request that book and we will get it out to you. Michelle will send it to you right away. To learn more about Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, which is the 501c3 nonprofit corporation that we run that offers stigma-free and cost-free free support services to warriors and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. We offer battle buddy workshops, family awareness, training, online community support, one-on-one coaching services, as well as retreats for warriors to decompress from battle and understand the tools available to them to readapt to mil to eh, I can't even speak to civilian society. Visit www.hh the number four heroes h e r o e s dot org. We'll be right back. Here come the tunes. We know that life is tough. And that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-King on Toginet.com. Happiness is an inside job. Wear the message on t-shirts, baseball caps, sterling silver designer jewelry, and more. Please visit our online boutique at www.harvestinghappiness.com. Are you or do you know a returning U.S. military man or woman in need of restoring joy in their lives? Did you know that our nonprofit, Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, offers stigma-free combat trauma and post-deployment reintegration programming? Check us out at www.hh4heroes.org. That's HH, the number four, and heroes.org. Nothing gives happiness like a free gift. Lisa Cypress came and has made her first ebook, Got Happiness Now? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life, available at no cost to everyone. 
Unwrap your complimentary copy now by visiting www.harvestinghappinesstalkradio.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. You're listening to Lisa Cypress-Kamen. That would be me. And my guest today, Michelle Rosenthal, who is an author who has written a book entitled Before the World Intruded, Conquering the Past and Creating the Future. It is a memoir of her trauma recovery from an illness or a reaction she had quite adversely to medication when she was a young girl. She spent the last several years... um, symptom-free and healed from PTSD, and she has developed uh, a program through a series of modalities to help people who have traveled the same journey with trauma and PTSD to wellness, wholeness, and happiness. Michelle, prior to the break, we were talking about your story and talking about the um, techniques that you use with your clientele, and I also want to talk a little bit about something that you and I have um shared a conversation about in the past about the need to communicate about uh, one's trauma in the healing process. And I erroneously use the word in our conversation, talk about it, but it's really more about finding a language to communicate about what's going wrong to begin to heal it. And the healing um, itself may become quite transparent. That's a great point to make, and I'm so glad that you bring that up, Lisa, because, and I'll just share with you a little bit of my my journey in that area, and I write about this in Before the World Intruded. There's a big difference, I think, between talking about our traumas and communicating about the effects. And I think there's value in talking about what happened, certainly. I think it's great to find language to say this is what happened, to acknowledge and to validate I lived through this. And yet at the same time, I think we need to stop talking about it at a certain point for a variety of reasons. Number one, it's triggering and can be re-traumatizing. Number two, if we get very stuck in our story, we're very stuck in the past. As a coach, I'm trained to be very in the present and future-oriented, and what I see work in recovery is moving beyond the story, getting out of the past, and that's where communication becomes key. What you, you know, building on what you were saying, becomes important to be able to say, this is where I am today, and this is how I'm feeling, and in that way, we can communicate the, about the effects of trauma without, you know, what my trauma recovery started with, with, with was you know, tell me what happened in all the gory details. (laughs) And after a while of talking and telling that story, it did not, you know, some people, there's the whole idea of desensitization, and that works depending on the type of person that you are. For me, just exacerbated my insomnia, the nightmares I had if I did sleep, that kind of thing. So I I think you're making an, an important distinction between there is a time to talk about what happened, and then there is a time to talk about the effects that we're experiencing today. And when we move into that place of talking about the effects, I like to 
to sort of frame it as we're moving from powerless to powerful. When we talk about our story, it brings up all of those powerless feelings. When we start communicating about the effects today, we shift into a powerful place of saying, this is what I'm feeling, this is why I don't like it, this is what needs to change, and here's where I need help making those changes. We shift into a more action-oriented place. And if I could add one more thing, and here is what I am intending to do about it. Yes, definitely. Because, you know, going back to what you were saying at the beginning of this segment about telling the story that keeps us, in a sense, in that victim consciousness or keeps us stuck, when we retell the story, this is what happened to me, this is what happened to me, then you become defined by what happened to you rather than it being a part of who you are. And that's so true, and I think that's a big part of PTSD recovery, or really all trauma recovery, is that sense of identity. Who am I? Am I this person that survived this thing? And that was a big problem for me for for decades. I just saw myself as I survived this horrific thing. And it was a really big task for me to learn through my recovery. I am so much more than that one experience. And I have to figure out how to re-perceive and redefine myself in a new way that allows me to be free from that old definition that holds me in that traumatic, powerless, victim-oriented place. Which, by the way, we, um, we probably share this, this opinion, makes it very difficult to successfully engage in positive relationships. That's an understatement. (laughs) You're talking to a woman who went through relationship after relationship, getting in and out of them, knowing I was getting involved with the wrong people every time. So you're absolutely right, because you get into relationships for the wrong reasons. You know, just here's a quick example. I was emotionally numb, so I only wanted to be in relationships with other emotionally numb people. Well, that does not create a very positive relationship at all. So even on that little well, you're right. And it was actually, you know what, Lisa? It was when I decided I need to get out of these. I need to wake up. I need to unthaw. This numbness is its too much. It's holding me back. And I thought, the op- what would be the opposite of this? And it would be, to me, I defined it as feeling joy. And I went on this quest that led me to tango, which you and I had talked about, to feel joy, and when I get on a dance floor, the rest of the world falls away, and that was a huge part of my evolution, and being able to access a place where I could get into positive relationships, because I was actually evolving into a stronger, more awake, more alive, more proactive self. And, you know, let's talk about the tango for a minute, because people will say, oh, tango, it's harder. They'll have opinions over using dance as a modality for healing. But I want to share my experience with tango, and I think that you will probably concur with this. I started tangoing many years ago, and then I stopped for many years, and then I started again. And I started because I felt like I needed to get myself into a place of surrender. And one of the things Mm. that is so poignant about tango for the woman is the requirement, the necessity to surrender into your partner and allow him to lead. Yes. And it was very emotionally uh, life-affirming that I could do this and I could go through the process 
and that I would be uh, uncompromised in doing so. And um, let me just add one thing. And this is, I think, why I'm trying to sort of connect the dots for people as they listen to make the point that it doesn't need to be tango, but these these uh, seemingly unrelated activities, how vital they are to the healing process for these reasons that I'm sharing. Definitely, absolutely, and and I think you're right. It doesn't have to be tango, and particularly you and I are talking about Argentine tango, which is very macho oriented, <laughs> and so that surrender yes. is really built into the the whole idea of Argentine tango. But I think your point is well made. It's not the tango itself. For you and I, it was tango. For other people, it could be anything. I'm working with um, one client for really what you're talking about is getting into a place where you feel so connected and whole inside yourself that you can even surrender to that feeling of being okay and whole or whatever it is for each of us how to access that feeling. I'm working with a client right now, and I always, with all of my clients, I put them on a joy track. You know, we're doing this hard trauma work, but what are you doing to balance it out with something that feels good? And so each of my clients I gets the assignment. You've got to figure out what that is for you. And maybe you know right off the top of your head, or maybe you need to try some things out. <laughs> I have one client who just this past week decided he thinks it's going to be riding on a jet ski. And he got himself on a jet ski, and he was like a different person afterward. Just the knowledge that you can connect to that kind of excitement for life is what you and I are really at the bottom of everything, I think, talking about. Would you agree with that? Completely. I think it's about tapping into that happy place, whatever it is and whatever gets you there. And that by that happy place, I mean into flow where you're sort of losing track of time and space into your body, where you're feeling really good in your own skin, and where all of the stuff that has happened in the past, the trauma, the discomfort, the sadness, the pain, the grief, all of these things in that moment are suspended. They, 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 they're there, but they're not existing in your consciousness because you have full engagement. You're right, and that to me is so critical in the recovery process because when you're struggling after trauma, it seems like nothing's ever going to feel good. I'm never going to be happy. I'm, you know, it's a lot of nevers, can'ts, won'ts, don'ts. And it's the balance of that that starts to make you realize, oh my gosh, if I can do this for 60 seconds, if I can access this happiness for 60 seconds, that that means it's there. It exists. And all of a sudden, you get this little spark of hope. And from there, almost anything is possible. And it lets you see, I may be defining myself as this dead trauma survivor, but there's a part of me that's really quite alive. And what does that mean? Yes. So it becomes enormously exciting, not to mention the fact that when we're trying and to come back from trauma and we're trying to be more mindfully aware, more connected to the present moment, those kind of activities force us into that place of being really present. And that's also an important lesson to learn. Very much so. The, to, to be present, the present moment is the one thing that we know for sure. I was just the guest on somebody else's radio show this morning. It's been a busy talk morning. And um, <laughs> uh, we were talking about, you know, the, the, this concept of the past being in the, rear, in the rearview mirror, the future being over the, 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 the windshield. And the only thing we know for sure that is actually certain and true 
in this moment is this present moment that we are sharing you and I in this instant and all of the listeners will never recapture this moment again and if it's not exploited uh, for the good then we really have given up a, a sense of control uh, and our own self-mastery. And so what's beautiful about this work that you're doing and I get to do is it's about really um, savoring and teaching others to be present um, and not consumed by what happened in the past. Even while that sounds like a very overwhelming task when you start at the beginning. Yes. You, you know, like when I, and even I remember my first dance class, I walked in and I thought, you want me to what? You want me to let this person into my personal space and then let him tell me what to do? Are you kidding? <laughs> 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 like, I just, that's not how I roll. <laughs> and and so there is a process of, of whatever, I have another client, Her her biggest joy is riding on a Harley. But after trauma, she was, and, and her trauma was not related to riding at all, but she was just afraid to be out in the world by herself. And it was a big thing for her to learn to connect to that joy and do it. Sorry, go ahead, Lisa. No, I was saying, you know, Michelle, once again, we have run out of time and we're going to have to have you back, but I want to give our listeners your contact information one more time to connect with Michelle Rosenthal and all that she is doing to help with combat. Well, combat trauma recovery is part of what she's doing, but but trauma in general. Please visit her at yourlifeaftertrauma.com. Her book is Before the World Intruded, Conquering the Past and Creating the Future. And um, another website is HealMyPTSD.com. And Michelle Rosenthal has been our guest this half hour, and we will have you on again. Thanks for being with us, Michelle. Thank you, Lisa. Have a great day. too. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet.com. likes to win enter our weekly contests at harvesting happiness on facebook where we give away our guests books music film and products each week in addition we also do great harvesting happiness giveaways like free coaching sessions with lisa cypress cayman lisa's books happiness first aid kits h factor where is your heart documentary film happiness is an inside job products including the sterling silver infinity bracelet that benefit harvesting happiness for heroes a nonprofit whose mission is to assist our returning military personnel and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. Join us at Harvesting Happiness on Facebook. Like what you hear on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio? Subscribe to us on iTunes and get your weekly dose of joy downloaded free and easily to your computer or portable device. That's Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. 
the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Tuggynet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen, and I'm here to speak with our second guest of the day, who is Martin Papazian. Marty is an actor, writer, and director of feature films. Previously, Marty directed the award-winning short In the Wind about a soldier's return to a Hurricane Katrina ravaged New Orleans. As an actor, Martin burst onto the screen in Universal Pictures' Jarhead, The Burning Plane, and The Amazing Spider-Man. On the small screen, you might have seen him featured in 24, Lie to Me, CSI New York, Dexter, amongst others. Least Among Saints marks his debut as a feature director and writer. Inspired by true events, the story centers on a man's quest for redemption through his compassion and service to an orphaned boy. The film will be released theatrically on Friday, October 12th, 2012 and i wanted to extend a huge and heartfelt welcome to you marty thanks for being on the show well thank you lisa it's a pleasure to be here with you oh i'm glad we both made it today (laughs) yeah what inspired you to make your film least among saints well um early on when soldiers were coming back from the wars in iraq and afghanistan I was just really affected by the men I was speaking to and becoming friends with, and some of whom were childhood friends of mine, and um, just really moved by the human cost of what was happening abroad, you know, both in terms of the men we were losing over there, but also the guys who were coming home and the psychological and emotional effects of the actions they had to take abroad on our behalf. And I started writing about that as an artist. It really just got under my skin. I felt that it was really important to be doing work um, about this subject matter. And I started to interweave these stories that I was telling these men with stories that I was, uh, from a story from when I was a a kid, when this little child that I knew who was uh, sort of uh, abandoned by his mother. And I put these two, you know, characters together and wove them into this dramatic narrative where you sort of take two lost souls, bring them together, and... um, get to find sort of redemption and healing together. Well, I th- uh, this is a very wonderful point uh, that you and I share, and Michelle Rosenthal, our guest who was on earlier, shares that the, the, the three of us are, are not military personnel, that we have been called to do the work that we are doing with the military uh, for our own reasons and ways that are unique, but united in this concept of wanting to serve and help heal um, a problem that is really rampant. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's a very um, hard time in our country and in the world in the last, you know, five to ten years. And um, certainly as an artist, you know, my the central messaging of the film was about compassion, was about service, was about a way forward, because um, I just think in art and in, in the media, we need more of that. You know, we need more of the messaging that's um, aimed in a positive light. And, you know, we, we gathered, it's an independent film, and we gathered this amazing cast because I think they, too, responded to, you know, the, the themes and the messaging in the film, and um, and they really, really brought their heart to it. You know, we have Charles Dutton, Laura Sangiacamo, A.J. Cook, who's currently on Criminal Minds, Audrey Anderson, who's on the unit, and um, 
they really rose to the occasion and just brought so much life and, and beauty to the film. Well, you mentioned something that's very vital, and that is about this healing through art. Because we often think of art, albeit film or music or, um, you know, uh, mixed media uh, arts, that it has nothing to do with healing or medicinal properties or anything that can help us um, find our way back to ourselves. And it couldn't be furthest from the truth because actually art is a tremendously healing modality and film in particular is passive. And that is the beauty of it for somebody who is going through a hard time and is skeptical perhaps about seeking professional treatment or even tapping into the own issues that the that their own issues that they may be wrestling with, especially um, when they're traumatized from the war experience, for example. Yeah, I, I really agree with you and I, and and it's my sincere hope that, that this film does that in terms of people's experience of it, whether for anyone that's suffered trauma or just for anyone uh who's going to the movies to, to have that experience, that emotional catharsis. Because I really believe in, um, you know, the, the, the healing properties of storytelling. I mean, it's ingrained in our culture and, and even, even from, um, you know, how was your day, you know, and what are you up to, you know, begins uh, a story, begins a narrative. It's how we connect as human beings. And, um, you know, we're obsessed with it in our culture in a good way. You know, the newspapers and, and film and television and conversation and emails and, and everything that's, that's the way we're connecting now and, and I have always. And, uh, and I think it's really important, especially in terms of veterans, to have um, a narrative that displays them in a, in a really positive way. You know, we take this character right to the edge um, in terms of where he's at and what he's dealing with. And then, and then fate intervenes and gives him an opportunity to kind of apply his skill set to this child and taking care of him and taking him on this journey and um, and to deliver this narrative that is positive, that is about redemption and hope. It's just really important to us as filmmakers, you know. And, and the message that you are sharing about service in a very different kind of way than, than active duty service, but as these men and women return home from duty and the mission has changed, you know, they've been very mission mm. when they're deployed, they come home and often what can trigger these symptoms is that lack of mission or purpose. And by showing mm-hmm. this man go through this process with this child of finding his own way home to himself through giving him of himself in a very, very different way um, is inspiring. In, in, and I, my hope for you and for all of us is that it inspires these men and women to think of service in a very different way as a, as a healing modality. Yeah, and for all of us, I mean, it's the only thing I know that's worked for me in my life. You know, when I'm when I'm feeling down, is that if I can have the sort of the the courage to sort of lift myself up on my bootstraps and and put my attention to somebody else. You know, um, there is the only place I've found any sort of freedom, personal freedom, uh, in my life. You know, and so um, I think I think it's sort of a universal message. You know, um, and I think it 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 goes beyond. Um, sort of culture and borders and uh and we really hope that this you know this little independent film that that it can have a have a space in the world you know and have a voice and and really transcend and and really you know get out there to the world to the entire world you know well it's teaching joy by example and that's what i personally like about it is um Mm -hmm. instead of uh creating sort of a um 
a, a, a false sense of the world being such a pretty place. It's taking a real life problem that is existing in every corner of our country, you know, right mm-hmm. now. And it- to do so as these men and women return and we get involved with new conflicts this problem is not going to go away but to uh, be able to explore the concept of finding one's happy and and I use that word very seriously you know to get to mm. that happy place some level of joy and well-being in life after uh, complicated circumstances to be very inspiring and that's what I'm hoping for you will help lead the way is to see that um, that there are possibilities in life after darkness. Mm, I appreciate that. And, you know, it was important to me, you know, two things, to center this film in a place and around these characters that are just somewhere in America, you know, that ha- that has had a very sort of, you know, uh, th- this could be anywhere. This could be your neighbor, you know, and this these were two characters that were never going to make the headlines, you know. This is just a story somewhere in America, and, and there's probably, you know, just thousands and thousands like it on on a smaller and larger scale, um, and it was and it was really important to take a central character who was really flawed, had some trouble, and and wasn't doing well, and and um, and and to take that character who has the right intentions and kind of does them, you know, it, it goes about his uh, his journey and does kind of all the wrong quote unquote things, you know. But kind of ends up with the right result, and I really, I really like characters like that. I really like characters that are that are flawed, that are that are beaten up and broken down, and uh, from that place, from that place of almost surrender, you know, we bring this character very quickly to to a place of surrender early on in the film, and from there, from that place of sort of hopelessness and desperation, is he able to sort of you know build himself back up, you know, and. Uh, uh, it's a very fun journey. It's very uh, in in that way when you're watching this character who's deeply flawed and he's trying his best to do to do his best. And uh, and and it, it's a very 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 cool film. We've gotten really really beautiful responses from it thus far in our screenings and our outreach to you know both veterans and just you know um, you know mainstream civilian audiences. Well, let's talk a little bit about your intentions for the project. It's going to be released on October 12th, and. Mm-hmm in uh major cities nationwide and then yeah. and then what will happen from there well we'll be in uh 22 cities in the first three weeks and uh the first weekend of october 12th will be in los angeles new york and in uh fairfax virginia and you know we're as an independent production company we're continuing to finance the distribution here and and you know comparatively we have very very uh limited funds and but we're trying to be really um clever and, and, uh, and uh, ingenuitous and, and u- utilize social media and, and the grassroots, and we've re- really connected with a lot of nonprofits who are really um, excited about the film and its messaging and sort of linked up with us and helping us out, and we're doing a lot of cross-promotion and figuring out ways we can sort of benefit them as well. And, and so it's really going to depend upon that opening weekend, and if we can make enough noise and we can get enough people to sort of come to the film and talk about it afterwards and um, and and so that that we can can roll out into smaller cities throughout the United States and have a life in the theater. You know, there's some great great films coming out now and and for the next few months. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's The Masters out now and, and Ben Affleck's films coming out and uh, the Clint Eastwood film and it's just going to keep getting better and better. And and you know we feel strongly and confident that we can we can hang with the big, bo- big boys here. You know, and uh, and uh, and so that's going to be the challenge is fighting for a space, you know, in the market and, and um, 
and, and giving, you know, giving this film an opportunity to have a life and have a voice. Well, we are going to go to a break, and I want to give our listeners information how they can find you, how they can find the film, and how they can help spread the word. You can find Martin Papazian at Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, P-A-P-A-Z-I-A-N-N.com. Again, that's Martin Papazian with one N at the end, dot com. And the film is Least Amongst Saints. That's leastamongsaints.com. Twitter, they are at L-A underscore saints. Again, that's L-A underscore saints. And on Facebook, it is Least Among Saints as the fan page. And my hope is that our listeners will reach out into their communities, spread the good word. I know that we are doing that at Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, which is our 501c3 nonprofit delivering uh, cost-free and stigma-free combat trauma recovery services to military families. And uh, I know that we are in talks with you about finding ways to share the platform, get the word out, and help one another both deliver program and the message that you are communicating with Least Among Saints. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. To learn more about what we do over here at Harvesting Happiness, which includes filmography, felicitation, and philanthropy, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. On Facebook, we are Harvesting Happiness. And on Twitter, we have a bunch of handles, but I'm having a senior moment and I can't remember them all. So let's just go with Lisa Kamen as the one that comes right off the top of my head. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Here come the tunes. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on toginet.com. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. And you are listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Welcome back. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and I'm here with today's guest, Marty Papazian, who is making his debut as a feature director and writer of Least Among Saints. It is a film that will be released theatrically on Friday, October 12th, nationwide. And this film is the redemptive journey of a soldier who comes back to Hurricane Katrina ravaged New Orleans, and his story and journey back to himself um, through 
his gifts and service to a child. Marty, we're talking about the production process and this incredible cast that you've assembled that and how they resonated with the subject matter and how they stepped up to the plate to participate in the journey, in the story, and opening their own hearts to um, military culture that they might not have necessarily been in touch with before. Um, yeah, and uh, if I could just make a little uh, clarification, I think the two, uh, my previous short film and, and this current film, the synopsis has got a bit mixed up. <laughs> it sounds like a great film, though. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the previous short short film was about Hurricane, and this film being about a, a veteran and, and his relationship to a boy. But, um, yeah, in terms of uh, launching the project, um, it was a very, very, very interesting uh, process. You know, um, you have a you have a piece that uh, is about a subject matter that that uh, the entertainment business is not leaping at. And um, I went out to uh, private investors after I, had, you know, hustled on the streets for it uh, at the studios, and and um, I was able to get uh, some private capital, people that friends and family uh, that believes in me. And then from there, once we had that, we were able to really sort of go out to other private investors and really build the, the necessary budget for it. And uh, and then Mary Vernew came on, who's a casting director, who uh, the friend of a friend, and, and she got the script through a friend of mine, and she too really responded to the to the film. And she's cast things like Sin City and The Wrestler and just huge black swan, huge films. Um, and, uh, and so she decided to take it on. And, and when she came on, that really changed the game for us. And uh, people paid attention and, and doors opened and... Uh, and, and phone calls were picked up, and, and we got this beautiful cast. Uh, you know, as I said before, you know, Charles Dutton and Laura Sanjiakama, who are two of some of our finest, you know, uh, actors of our generation, and, and then some of the younger actors like A.J. Cook and Audrey Anderson and uh, Azura Sky, Ronnie Blevins, Taylor Kinney, and so, and of course, the young boy, uh, Tristan Lake LeBeau, who, uh, this is his second film, and he was in Superman before this, but He's just like ten year old kid and the movie centers on him and, and uh he did this amazing, amazing job of uh portraying these you know, deep emotions. This child is really deeply wounded and, and the journey he goes on and um I kind of liken him to a, a young River Phoenix kid. His capabilities, his emotional capacities are so deep and rich and, and, and truthful and uh his kids are real artists and I see great things for him. But they really brought it to life and, and uh it was a really, really beautiful process. And um, you, you touched upon something that, that, you know, a little light bulb went off in my mind about that, you know, be able to connect with emotions in such a way. And this, again, is the beauty of film and it being a passive um, pathway to dealing with one's own stuff as the viewer. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe that through this film, you can have people recognizing that, you know, things may not be um, as right as they'd like them to be, that although they think they've, they've returned from service and that they're getting back into the new normal, whatever that means, but they have some of the issues that presents in this young soldier's life, they can recognize those aspects of themselves, within themselves, and get some treatment. Mm-hmm. Or get engagement in this case, is, is, is what happened with this man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we've all had that experience where life is taking us one way and then all of a sudden, you know, fate intervenes and just drops something in our path that 
is going to change, you know, any, you know, our, change our direction completely. And that's what happens in the course of this story is that, you know, through a set of tragic circumstances, this, this Marine is left in charge of this like young, wounded, damaged child. And all of a sudden, everything he was dealing with in terms of his own suffering and his, and his own wounds, like all of a sudden, he's got this child to focus on and, and, and through these circumstances has to take care of him. And, um, and, and it's, it's, it's really, really wonderful watching these two sort of broken, lost individuals find their way together, you know, because they both have this, you know, these two characters have this great capacity for compassion. And that's, you know, one of the main things that inspired this writing in this film was the, the soldiers that I was meeting, in particular these Marines, um, who, you know, um, some serious individuals, you know, and were capable of some some serious, uh, serious things in terms of being... Uh, you know, soldiers in combat, but that also, too, as men, uh, the actions they were taking at home in terms of the, with their wives, with their children, um, with their stepchildren, um, how they were as men, just, just men in general, I was just really taken with their um, capacity Marty? for gentleness. And, yes? Oh, I thought, I thought we lost you there for a second. I'm sorry. No. I was just saying uh, that I was taken with the capacity for uh, both sides of the coin with, with these soldiers in terms of, uh, yeah. And that's well, what inspired I, the writing. Well, you know, I, you, the, when you take the word compassion, and my experience in working with these men and women who come home and are really challenged by combat trauma and uh, challenged oftentimes just getting to the place in time where they could acknowledge that um, they are needing some support services to help them get back on track. But compassion actually figures very highly into th their order of values. I would say that most of them are highly compassionate. There may be some disconnect in that they're having a hard time applying it to themselves. And what is interesting about your character in the film, really having that compassion for the little boy, that in taking care of the boy and seeing the boy as his mission and a pathway to his own healing, he then in turn has greater compassion and empathy for himself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then um, I mean, we were talking about it earlier in terms of, um, you know, service to another and how that kind of can free you from your own bondage. And and, um, and that's absolutely what I was after in, in this story was about compassion and about healing. You know, Joseph Campbell had this great quote, which I had above my writing desk and I put in front of every script that we sent out, which had to do with um, compassion being... Um, the immediate participation and the, and the suffering of another that you spontaneously forget your own safety and do what's necessary. And when I found that, I thought, that's my story. You know, um, this Marine sort of dis completely disregards what is in his interest at that moment and, and just leaps into action for this child because that's what he knows. Right. And that's what he, that's what his training is. And that's the kind of man this character is. And, um, and that's absolutely what I what was at the forefront of the writing and developing of the script. And then, like I say, like every every crew member, anybody who got, uh, got the script, that quote led led the way. Well, you know, that makes me think of this concept of or myth that we have of Hollywood and the kinds of productions that are being created today. I mean, this is really a new breed of um, film that is really about wanting to transform through the story and the transformation being one that is a very personal and relatable journey rather than something that is so disconnected from who we are as everyday people. And I want to congratulate you upon that because it's really necessary. 
Thanks very much. I appreciate that. Um, and, and, and I would think for everybody that came in contact with this film um, that really taps into the heart and the heart being um, the crux of all of this, you know, about the healing, about the compassion, the empathy, the love that is uh, necessary in order for all of us to thrive and do well in the world. Yeah. Yeah, and I hope that the, when the film releases uh, in a few weeks, October 12th, and 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 uh, grows uh, theatrically, and, and that I hope that it continues to do that, that it continues to to move people and um, affect them in that way, and uh, and have and and affect the change, you know, in our in our world, you know, in our culture, in our society, and and beyond. Well, to give our listeners once again the plug where they can find you and find out more information on the film and to graciously get the word out through social media, you can find Marty at martinpapazian.com. And I'd like to spell that. It's M-A-R-T-I-N, P as in Paul, A-P as in Paul, A-Z-I-A-N as in Nancy.com. And the film is Least Among Saints, and you can find that at leastamongsaints.com. And on Facebook, it's Least Among Saints. And Twitter, it's L-A underscore Saints. And um, are you going having, um, can you, again, once again, tell us the cities where the initial uh, opening will be? Because you mentioned there are 22 cities, and I'd like you to just run through those quickly, if you could, or at least some of them. Yeah, absolutely. In Los Angeles, we'll be at the Santa Monica AMC on the 3rd Street Promenade. It's the first theater uh, if you park into the uh, parking structure at the mall. Santa Monica Promenade, and then we'll also be in Pasadena at the Pasadena Lemley. So those are the two theaters in Los Angeles. In New York, we'll be at the Angelica Theater um, uh, downtown. Uh, in Fairfax, Virginia, we'll be at the Angelic Mosaic, which is a brand new uh, facility that just opened up. And then uh, the following weekend, the 19th, we'll, we'll roll out to San Diego, um, Chicago, uh, Madison, Tucson, and, and beyond. And, and, uh, it, you know, for all, for finding a theater near you, simply go to the website, leastamongsaints.com. There's a big, uh, yellow tag that says, see the film. Click on it. If you, you see a city near you, great. And, uh, if you want to find out when we're coming to a city near you, just plug in your, your email address and we'll respond to you and let you know. Wonderful. We have run out of time, Marty. Thank you for joining us. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and Marty Papazian wishing you kind thoughts, kind words, and kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And to learn more about what we do over here at Harvesting Happiness, you may visit HarvestingHappiness.com, where we're all about filmography, felicitation, and philanthropy. To learn more about Harvesting Happiness for Heroes, which is our 501c3 nonprofit corporation, delivering cost-free and stigma-free support services to warriors and their loved ones challenged by combat trauma and other post-deployment reintegration issues. We offer battle buddy workshops, family awareness training, online community support, one-on-one coaching services, as well as retreats for warriors to decompress from battle and understand the tools available for them to adapt their skills 
their military skills to civilian society. And once again, that's HH, the number four, heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S dot org. Thank you, Marty. Thanks for being with us and great luck on the film distribution. And we wish you the best of everything and get the word out and open people's hearts and minds to the struggles that our service personnel are going through. Bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Toginet. For more on the show and Lisa, go to one of her websites, Lisa Kamen, that's K-A-M-E-N.com, whatisyourhappiness.com, or harvestinghappiness.com. Each week, Harvesting Happiness will shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Like Lisa says, happiness is an inside job. She's a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness and is considered an expert in her field. Find out more here again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central with Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet.com.